Hello, good evening, and welcome to another edition of the Cantina Mickey's podcast. My name is John Jagu. Glad to have you with us on this Monday evening, uh, the first Monday after the first game that Gerardo Tata Martino coached for Mexico, which turned out to be a 3-1 win there in the beautiful San Diego, which, as we all know, means Saint Diego, for those of you that don't speak Spanish. Happy to have you with us here on the Cantina Mekis podcast. We have a lot to get to tonight. Uh, we did have a presence there in San Diego last week. A couple of folks joined, uh, did some uh, research for us, did some recon, went down there, went to San Diego and uh, looked at everything and anything that was involved with uh, Tata Martino and his players and Chile and the fans and the tailgating and the, the press box and the press box food, et cetera, which, we'll, which we will get into here momentarily. But glad you guys are joining us. We are live on YouTube as we are. Uh, normally I'm driving, but uh, 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 tonight I've decided to uh, forego the driving and stay here in a, in a lovely hotel in north of Dallas uh, after my uh, my work. And uh, we'll be here for the rest of the week, so we'll probably have a couple other podcasts that we can do later this week, probably even one tomorrow after Mexico plays uh, Paraguay at the at the scene of the crime up in uh, San Jose at uh, Levi's Stadium, I guess Santa Clara, to be more precise, at Levi's Stadium there in Northern California. But without further ado, let's get right to it. Let's get right to our guest panelists uh, joining us as always is Joel Aceves joining us from Southern California. Joel, how are you, sir? Doing very good, John. Very good. It's been a good week. Chivas won their friendly against the mighty Zacatepec, which saw the return of trophies, who had a goal and an assist. And uh, Tata kicked off his era with a pretty good win against Chile. He did, he did, he did. Uh, it was, uh, you know, not the, not, not the, not, you know, certainly not the best game, but certainly not the worst game at all. And uh, you know, there were a couple of things that uh, no, I didn't get to watch the the full first half, and I did watch the second half, and I did watch the uh, El Tri en Sesenta on. Uh, on Univision Deportes, so I, I feel like I can actually talk about the game, which usually isn't the case here in the Cantina Mexico podcast, because let's be honest, uh, not all of us have, have time to watch all nine Liga Mekis games uh, over the course of the weekend, but uh, we did make time to watch the uh, the Mexico matches, and you were there in San Diego, Joel, now, now you and, and, and Juan Uribe, Profe, Profe Gamarrayas, um, went down to San Diego. What time did you actually leave the, the greater Los Angeles area? What time did you and, and, and Profe meet up to make it down to well, San Diego? In true Profe fashion, we left late again. Except we were supposed to leave in midday at 12 to avoid traffic. Uh-huh. We ended up leaving at 2, 2 p.m. <sighs> So, and it took us three hours because we hit traffic. <laughs> so, three, three, three hours to go, what, 60 miles? Pretty much. Uh, so, yeah, we got there at five, 
and didn't have, you know, as much free time as we would have liked. We hung out a bit with, with Ivan, Afrosander, and his friends of the Corazon Azteca. Right. So that was, that was, that's always fun. Did, uh, uh, did, did, did you have a beer? Hold on, were you, were you enjoying uh, yes. it? Oh, yes. Yes, I had. Now, I had a few, that, actually. Knowing that you were coming, did, did they, did they have ample supply of the Chimay's that I know? Oh, no, they didn't have that. that, that you... They did not have that type of beer, John. You had to drink Miller Lite? No, no, uh, Asahi. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. Asahi, Asahi. Oh, the, the, the Japanese. Yes, beer. very good. Yes, yeah. It's, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's, it's no Chimay. It's, it's yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, Profit man, but at least we didn't we didn't miss out on the food. So, so let me understand. So you take it takes you three hours to get down, and then you go to a to a to a Corazon Azteca tailgate, right? Yes, sir. Yes. Which, which sounds to me like like they have like the maypole with the little Guerreros flying up on the top. You know, it's it's so Mexican, and you know they're playing uh, La Negra, and uh, you know they just have this all this all this just extreme Mexicanisms. At this tailgate, and then and then they give you a sake beer. Well, those guys, those guys had other beers. It was it was one of those guys that he was he came down from Tijuana, and um, he he made a quick pit stop to load up on beer, and he said it was uh it was like an Asian market, so that he just grabbed the asahi and just brought it. But it's because beer, they're... man. I'm not gonna say no to a beer, huh? There's, 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 there's so few Mexican markets in Southern California that I'm sure that, uh, or, or, or the fact that, you know, there's hardly any. No, Mexican he was, he was getting store. late too because, uh, he arrived, he arrived after us. Wow. So we were hanging out and there was a couple of dudes, they were scattered around, you know, so everyone has their own beer stash. And, right. uh, you know, this, this hero shows up, John. The he, hero. Cause he, he's a hero, man, cause he, he showed up with his, with a case of beers and, and offered. Uh, cause before that, you know. Well. Guys were, were I guess keeping their, like... their, uh, Corona Familiar and whatnot. They were running low and they weren't, they weren't in the best of sharing moods. So after, after the five cars, Kawamas that they had there in the cooler. They had another cooler with 10 Kawamas and they didn't want to give up any of the Kawamas because they had like 20 more left in the car. Like we're running out of Kawamas. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> they, yeah, but yeah, I don't know what was going on right there. Maybe we weren't in the, in the section with all the beers. Sorry, so, so, so you have a few beers. Did, yes. Did, did they, were they serving food? Did you have like some carnitas or? No, they didn't. They did it, like, the little group we were at, they weren't, cause I'm saying this, this, this group was like spread out in two, in two sections of the parking lot. And, uh, they hadn't, cause sometimes you go in, in like these big groups, they're like in one right. big, you know, they're all, they're all in the same area and they're doing tamborazo and whatnot. These guys were like scattered around and, 
they were about to do like a march, I guess, into the stadium, which I don't know if they did it. Uh, cause I, you know, we had been there late and we needed to go pick up our press pass and, and see if we could, we could, you know, get, get something to eat. Get the, get the free food up in the press box. Yes, sir. Very important. Yes. Very important. It's, okay, so, it's half the so experience. You, you, you have a few beers. You, 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 you slam down some asakis. And, and then you, you, you ligar a little bit. You mingle. You know, you, uh, try and, uh, make time with a little, uh, with a little girl from Nayarit. But it doesn't work out. And so you and, you and the prophet then decided to leave. Now, was the prophet, was he slamming the asakis too, or was it just you? Wait, what? I don't get the Nayarit reference. Well, I'm just, you know, no, no Nayarit reference. I mean, you know, you're, you know, you're trying to, well, I forget you're a married man now, so I, I, I can't, I can't say that. So you were, you were keeping to yourself. You were being very polite, very, uh, very, 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 very social, but, uh, at the same time, a little standoffers because, you know, you have the band of gold on your fingers. So that's, uh, you know, uh, that, that, that's, that, that's the keep away sign for, for the ladies. For some ladies, however, that's a sign that says, you know, you know, some, some ladies interpret that as, well, oh, that's open for business. Oh. But, uh, you know, that, 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 that's a story for another part. Yeah. So <laughs> there was, was the, was the prophet, was, Can, he, was he slamming the asakis too? Can, or just... Cantina after dark. Um, no, yeah, he drank, he drank as well. He had yeah. a few. So this, you both had you a... guys show up in the box and you guys have asaki on your breath. Yeah, and you and you and you get and you get and you go and you go and you sit down and you set up, and what do they serve in the press box for for, for the folks listening? They had chicken. They had they had a Caesar salad, and they had like a chicken breast with um some type of topping. I I can't remember though what it was. Like a gravy, it's, it's like topped with gravy and and some vegetables, and uh and then they had some cookies. Like chocolate chip type cookies, uh, right? But it, it, so a little better. I'll see it. Yeah, but but le- like less food overall because usually they have like coffee and then you could get, you know, they have the coffee thing. You could you could reload, right? And and they'll have a bit more dessert. Uh, they had very little. <laughs> this is very little, and and. Uh, their soda fountain was broke. No, no. So well, no just water, huh? No one plays there anymore. I mean, you know, I, I don't... five games a year there at the, at the stadium now. So. Yeah, they said out of service. They had two, two soda fountains, like, like you know, like at the restaurant. Yeah. And out of order, and they had water. They just had some water right there. And that was it. Huh? And now that press box, you know, for, for the folks who don't know, that's an open-air press box. So San Diego, as, as, as I, as I am a, a witness, can get pretty chilly at night. So if you don't, if you don't bundle up, it's, uh, you know, it, it could be pretty rough for folks. Yeah. So. No, luckily I was, I was well prepared, Yon. You, you know, you know how chilly that, that press box can get. So you had your, you had your little sweater with you. Did, did you look like Mr. Rogers there, Hoyle, with your little sweater on and. Your shirt all buttoned up. You are professionally dressed, and and, and you and the profe are crammed into the into the, into the corner where you can't see the 
the right the right goal. Well, was was the goal that that you were blocked had an obstacle for you? Was that the goal where all the goals happened? <laughs> no, that was profit. Oh, that was profit. Oh, so you guys were separated? No, we were. We were like in the same area, but his seat was like like on the edge. So I had enough space where I could still see, and he just he couldn't see the porteria because it's on a, it's like at an angle. It's not straight. Right. It's like curves. It's a baseball stadium, so really the, the 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 press box there is like quote unquote behind home plate there at the because uh, I remember I, I did a game there back like ten years ago and our radio booth like so was just to the left of the press box so we're like way in the end zone so you know like all the action happened way on the other end of the field so it was it, it was kind of a pain for us to to uh, call a game there because you know when you're on the radio you have to you know figure out what yard line you're on if you're you know, if you don't have a good horizontal view, it it's uh, it can get a little difficult. So, so Profe was crying. You know, you see, if if, if Profe wouldn't have cambiado his rayas, I think they would have been given a better seat. But because they know that a little bit of a turncoat, then no, we got to put that cambiar rayas over here on the in the corner. But just so you know, nobody nobody puts cambiar rayas in the corner. So we'll have to make sure that that doesn't happen again. Oh, okay. Um, so the the seat wasn't that bad, though. I mean, if you sat, if you stood up, there was like a a side a side thing, like a booth type. I, I can't explain it. Right. And uh, so I went up there to watch because I, I prefer watching it like standing up. Right. And and well, that area was man. It was like. I guess because it was close to the entrance, but it was like a happening area because a uh, couple, couple known, couple known uh, people ended up in that, like back there. Uh, so the standing room only area. Yeah, it was like a standing room area, and so I saw like, right. like uh, Oswaldo was there. Professor, I might didn't. He kept like saying, "Hey, look, look," but it's like. Seen them before, John. I don't get starstruck. Profe, profe was like, you know. I only get starstruck. See you, Joel. I mean, that, that's really when I get starstruck. <laughs> so, so I mean, but he was there briefly. Uh, Fightelson was hanging out back there for a bit. Yeah, uh, yeah a bunch of people going up to him, taking pictures, which uh, you you know that a lot of times these are people that got in. Someone got him accredited. Just so they could go in for free, right? Because a lot of the yeah. journalists, you 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 see each other because you're always working, so you right. you get to know who are the journals for what. Because I mean, you're always seeing them, uh, so I could tell that there was some people there that uh, they they were just a popular guy, man. I was telling Prophet go sneak up behind him and punch him and punch him in the head. Punch him in the but, back. Uh, yeah, like the Cuauhtémoc, but uh, he he like wasn't. El, 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 el he wasn't feeling it, man. He wasn't feeling it. Ah, it can be right, yes. Such yeah. Yeah, and then uh, who who else? I saw I saw a few others. Um, I think I saw we saw a girafa de anda. 
I don't know if he was back there. I can't remember. But uh, there was a few a few people we we ran into. Uh, Cantu, Memo, Memo Cantu, and uh, whatnot. Who, who apparently is on the outs. Apparently, the, like his his uh, his tenure is going to be over. And uh, what I heard was that Gerardo Torrado is going to take over for him, which frankly I'm thrilled about. Oh, that's the other guy I saw. Yeah, he was there. He was there too. Yeah, Torrado. No, no you know what? That you mentioned it's already mean to cut you off, but I never saw them together. Doesn't surprise me. I mean, I think that uh, you know Gerardo Rado is obviously being groomed for to be a, a very, a very up and up in the in the Femex booth. You know, and and, 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 and frankly, it stands the reason. I mean, you know, he's had a a career that that, that a few Mexican players just haven't had. You know, he. Uh, you know, left at a very young age, uh, you know, you know, played, played in Europe, came back, was on the national team for, you know, what, 10 years and then, and then played solidly for, you know, 10, 12 years. Uh, it's just, has just been a, an outstanding player in, in his own right, you know, scored a world cup goal, had a, you know, he had, he, he was a, a pelon and then he was a hippie and then he kind of went back to his, uh, you know the reasonable hair he has now, but he's been a. It's uh, it, 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 it's good to see a guy like that who, in my opinion, has earned the right to make decisions when it comes to the, the uh, sporting interest of the national team. You know, based on a guy who's actually been in that position. Uh, I'm not saying the Memo Cantu hasn't, but I mean Memo Cantu to me is is a guy who's 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 there just because he knows people. And, uh, you know, he didn't necessarily have the greatest career. You know, he was on, you know, he, he did play on the national team for, you know, whatever reason. You know, it was, uh, you know, it wasn't, I mean, you know, good Lord. So, uh, you know, if, if, if he is on the outs, which, which frankly wouldn't surprise me if he is, then, uh, you know, uh, you know, Gerardo Torrado would, to me, in my opinion, is a more than capable replacement for, uh, you know, whatever Memo Cantu did. And, uh, you know, to me, Memo Cantu, I've told you this many times, to me, it was nothing more than a glorified travel agent, you know, at one point in his, in his career. So, but it was interesting who had said it, that, that like, they, they were totally separate. So they were never in the same room together at the same time. So there's obviously some sort of. Yeah, well, just the times I saw them, just, just the times I saw them. I mean, I don't know. I don't know throughout the day, but the times I saw them back there, yeah. They weren't. They were next to each other. Now I'm curious. I want to find out your uh, your opinion on what the what the what the temperature is of the of the of the you know you said that the, the entirety of the the Mexican soccer uh, press community, both English and Spanish, what 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 their take was on, on on having Tata Martino as coach, because it seems to me and. This is just, you know, I haven't had a chance to experience it just yet, but I have, I did experience the, you know, you know, the, 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 the Chepo and the, and the, uh, the Vasco and the, uh, Herrera. I'm trying to think now and, and the Osorio. And, uh, it seems to me that there is a lot of, uh, fawning going on over, 
Tata Martino, like they think that he's, uh, you know, hounds the moon, that he's just, you know, the greatest thing since, you know, since, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the World Cup in color for the first time in 1970, just as, you know, a guy who apparently at, at this point can do no wrong. And again, th- this is just my own personal impression of how the media is treating Tata Martino. And it makes me wonder if he was, if he was from, from Ecuador instead of being from Argentina, if he would merit the same kind of respect and response that he's gotten so far from Mexican press. Well, I agree, but at the same time, if he was, if he had the same, if he had the same like results, the same cartel, uh, I don't think he would have the respect if he had like coached like the Argentine national team in Barcelona and if he had all that. Then again, if he wasn't, he probably wouldn't have gotten that. <laughs> he would, you know? Right. So, so everyone, everybody loves Tata. And then Mexico goes on to win 3-1. And, uh, you know, a couple of things about the game that I found very interesting. Uh, the first one was every time Mexico scored the goal and they would show Tata on the sideline, he would turn around to his coaches and, he, you know, open up both arms like saying, hey, you come, know, come hug me. And they'd all have like this really cute little group hug, which I thought was adorable. <laughs> you know, and I also noticed, Hoy, that, that I, and I haven't like, looked at the list of his coaches, but I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb, and I could be wrong, and say that most of his coaches are from Argentina, his assistants. And yeah. That, again, it does not bother it does not bother any of the Mexican press, the same press that went on and on and on and on and on and on and on about Osorio's Colombian assistants. So, Hello? Again, yeah, that is yeah. that is the bias. That is in a pretty... So, you know, for those folks who, uh, who say that the, that the criticisms about Osorio were based on, you know, his history and his this and his that is, is, is just a big bunch of bull. The, the reason that the Mexican press had a huge bug up their ass about Osorio more than anything else was because he was Colombian. And for folks to say otherwise, uh, they're just a little bit you know, everything okay, Hoyt? It sounds like you're, uh, <laughs> It sounds no. like you're watching the Highlander, the Highland games. <laughs> no, it was it was um some game I had running in the laptop. But is, I is, is, I, that, is that ringtone when when Ron when Ron sends you a text? <laughs> I should make it. I should make it mine. Um, you know, I I think with Osorio, his track record because he had been in Puebla, and he, he did not look good. Um, and then he had, he was coming from MLS, same as Martino, but this guy was coming in as, as a champion, you know? Right. I, I just think, uh, and, and then just overall, man, I, I don't know, seems to have just rubbed, rubbed people the wrong way, which is what happened with him leaving Paraguay, which I, I'm disappointed because I, I really wanted him. I, tomorrow I wanted to see him leading Paraguay playing Mex. I don't know why, but I was looking forward to that. Uh, and he had to quit because a big section of the press 
and, and uh, people involved with the Paraguayan FA kept attacking them. So it's like, I wonder if, if it is just, you know, how he comes across. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, I mean, I mean, I mean, uh, I'm not gonna lie, uh, uh, you know, Ricardo Osorio, I'm sorry, good lord. Ricardo Osorio, Juan Carlos Osorio, got my Osorio's mixed up. You know, at his press conferences, you know, he would, he would answer the question, you know, he was very deliberate in his answer and then he was very analytical and he spoke. You know, he dropped a lot of uh, $10 words about this and about that. And, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of people found his his mannerisms you know, very patronizing. Again, you know, if I honestly believe that if, if that would have been, you know, if, if Juan Carlos Osorio was from Argentina or from Brazil or, you know, or even from, you know, Uruguay or Chile, then I don't think people would have had a big problem with it. But to me, the, the biggest problem was, you know, especially you know, the folks in the press were like, you know, you know, the, you know, what does this Colombian know about soccer that I don't know? And and and, and I do think that that was uh, that that had a lot to do with it, whether people want to admit it or not. You know, it's funny. I was reading my, my a friend of the show, Martin de Palacio, wrote a, a very long um, little tweet storm about. The, the the tenure of, of Juan Carlos Osorio because he was one of Juan Carlos Osorio's uh, I'm gonna say fan but you know you know biggest supporters I guess he was someone who uh, wasn't as, as negative as others and when it was all said and done someone asked him well what, what grade do you give him he said I give him a six uh, you know which is barely passing which, which to me it's like you know that, that 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 just proves the point of what everyone was saying about the guy is that he was he was all talk and no action and, and when the time came to make you know the the critical decisions in the critical games. He 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 did not he did not deliver. And uh, you know, in, in my opinion, I think Juan Carlos Osorio wasted probably Mexico's greatest generation since the late '80s, early '90s, in what would have been a relatively um, well, obviously a, a much clearer path to. You know, making a deep run into the World Cup tournament with 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 the Sweden game. I mean, it just it, it, it boggles my mind how he he spends his entire World Cup preparation, as far as the friendlies and the teams they choose. You know, teams that that play were so like minded with how Sweden played, and then decides to go completely against what he was thinking in that game for whatever reason. And uh, yeah, just uh, it was not the. Uh, it was not the uh, the best the uh, best of results. I think it could have been it could have been a lot better. But that's over done with. We have Tata Martino now. Mexico wins three one against uh, against Chile. And uh, the other thing, Joel, that I thought was really interesting about the game, and this was just one play, and I think that it was it was a, it was a very exemplary of, of what we might expect to see from Tata Martino more so than from. Uh, well, Sodio, I think when it comes to differences in philosophy, uh, there was a play, I think it was in the second half, where uh, Hector Moreno uh, just 
pushed up, and he was the and he was you know the, he made a run, and he served up a, a cross that, that ended up uh, I think he went ended up going to a corner kick. You know, it didn't you know nothing much came of the play you know as far as a result, but the fact that that your central defender is pushing up on the wing and crossing the ball to me tells me that the players have a certain liberty to make moves when they think the time is, you know, you, you know, to read the game, oh man, I can really take advantage of the situation and do that. And I don't think that we've seen that. You certainly didn't see it under Chepel. And maybe you saw a little of it under, 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 uh, Herrera and, uh, definitely didn't see it under Osorio. But, but I think that that's something that we will, that we will see under, uh, under Martino where he gives the players a certain amount of liberty to, you know, if they read the game correctly to, you know, to, to, Take take a few, take a few risks, which you know again you know if that happens then you know the players have to back them up and and, and that's exactly what happened. I think that the one who ended up ultimately playing the center back at that time when Moreno made his run, I think was Andres Guardado. So um, it was uh, it was very refreshing to see, frankly. And and to me the other the other the other takeaway that I have from the and this was even, even kind of a spillover from the Osorio days. Is that Mexico, in my opinion, is, is is at its best. They they are so much stronger and more dangerous as a counterattacking team than anything else they do. You know, possession. You know, I know a lot of fans like the possession game, and oh, we had the ball for seventy three point two percent. Who cares? If you're not going to score a goal, I mean, if you're not going to score goals, then why bother having the ball? But counterattacking, on the other hand, they are just they can be absolutely just lethal. And I think that that is an area where I don't think Tata Martino will have any hesitation to exploit. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of ways that you can control a game. And you can even, believe it or not, control the game without the ball. And having a lethal counterattack is going to be one of those ways. And I think that's something that, uh, that Tata Martino, I think, saw as <clears throat> really damage with this. And uh, you know, it's something that we've been you know, clamoring for here at the Cantina Mexico podcast for years with all the speed that Mexico has, why wouldn't they want to, you know, try and counter a little more? It's just, uh, you know, it, I mean, well, I mean, case in point, the two goals that Mexico scored in the, in, in, during the run of play in the World Cup were counterattack goals. So hopefully we'll see more of that. Yeah, tomorrow. We will see. We will see more of that tomorrow, Yon, in the That's match right. against Paraguay. Because Mexico plays uh, Paraguay tomorrow. You know, Joel. The last time Mexico played Paraguay in an official match, uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, was in the 2007 Copa America, and uh, it was uh, Hugo, Hugo Sanchez was Mexico's coach. They had just beaten uh, Brazil. And they beat Ecuador in a tight Chile, so they were the, they won their group. There was it was the quarterfinal. They were playing Paraguay, and uh, Tata Martino was 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 Paraguay's coach. Neri Castillo earns a penalty in the first like was it five ten minutes of the game. Uh, the go the goalkeeper gets red carded. Tata Martino makes a decision as to someone that they had to replace, and for some crazy reason he replaces his central his uh, central he, he takes out his central midfielder. Instead of a forward, and Mexico goes on to just rip them six zero. Bold, bold move from Tata. But uh, luckily for us, he's 
he's come a long way since. He has. I mean, and, and he went a long way with Paraguay because they ended up, you know, being quarterfinalists in South Africa and came within, you know, you know, probably at least in the knockouts had had the best chance. I mean, they they had they had Spain on the ropes and they uh, they took their swing and, and they weren't able to finish them off. And that was that. yeah, and they were missing a goleador in um, Cabañas. That's when he caught. You know, going into that World Cup, so he got shot in the head. And uh, the only reason I remember is because uh, our good friend Tom visited Cabañas in, in Asuncion, and he wrote he wrote a pretty good article uh, on on what's been going on with with the striker. But that was that was pretty tough, you know, for them to miss to miss out on that player. He had been a you know, he could have been a key player or integral part of that team. Yeah, I mean, obviously what happened to Cavallas was was a tragedy. And then, you know, the other forward that they probably could have leaned on was uh, uh, Roque Santa Cruz. But, you know, at that point, Roque was broken Santa Cruz. So he was just... <laughs> he's been... Yeah, he's he's been broken Santa Cruz for quite a while. Um, And... I don't know, Cardoso, was Cardoso on his last legs or was he no longer? No, was he no, no he long... was, he was, I mean, the, the, the guy that they ended up using, I can't remember what the guy's name was, but it was just, yeah, I mean, you know, they had, you know, and, and you know, at that time, in 2010, the, uh, you know, the, the Paraguay uh, national team, you know, the base of it was, was Liga Mekis players and he, even Dario Verón, who, who didn't figure that much in that World Cup did play in that Spain game. He was one of the reemplazantes of a guy who had a yellow and had the game of his life against uh, against Spain. It just, uh, you know, you know, like I said, it just it didn't work out. But you know, Tata Martino, you know, he, you know, if he can take if he can take Paraguay to uh, to a quarter, and they had a tough group too, and it wasn't like 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 they were. You know they kind of slept through. I mean they had, they 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 beat out Italy, and it was Italy and Slovakia that ended up. I'm sorry, it was Paraguay and Slovakia that ended up surviving that group, and uh, New Zealand uh, had three draws, so they had they had three points and they came in, in, in last place. That that's how tough that group was. So that that's where we are with uh, with that. Then now tomorrow, when they're up and they're up in. Uh, in Santa Clara playing Paraguay. And, uh, you know, chances are pretty high that we're going to see a, a different group of players. Um, I personally would have probably played all the Europeans in the first game just so that they could fly back to Europe and, you know, get, get ready to go back in their clubs because as, as, as opposed to in previous years where most of the guys were just riding pine and, you know, making the occasional uh, substitute appearance for their for their club team in Europe. Most of the European guys are are starting, thriving, and and, and playing very well for their clubs, which is uh, something that's that's uh, that's different than what we've seen in uh, in the past. So I personally would have preferred, and also, you know, it, it helps the the relationship that the national team and the FMX food would have with these teams to. Uh, you know, because uh, it, it's, it's going to be a lot of games coming up for Mexico. 
I was under the impression that some of the guys did fly back. Uh, I don't. I haven't read or any anything to that. Yeah. Effect, but a bit, a bit, a bit. If you haven't, I'll take your word for it. No, no, I haven't. I just thought they were, because uh, I knew that the players that didn't get playing time or much playing time were gonna start against Paraguay, and we already seen Jonah, for example, will be in the starting lineup. Uh, and uh, well, I saw the starting lineup earlier. Uh, projected starting lineup, but I, I did. I mean, I haven't followed up on it, but I did thought he was gonna send back that he was gonna send back uh, all the European-based players. Oh. Uh, here it is. So Gudinho, for example, he's he's expected to get the start. I mean, so I mean, if you're Memo, why why even stay? <laughs> uh, I guess, but I mean, I, I guess he's trying to build. He's trying to build a group, and he's trying to win over the locker room. So that could be it. Uh, Layun, Arajo, Reyes, and Sanchez, uh, four man backline. Cajito Vasquez in midfield along with Eric Gutierrez and Jonah Dos Santos in up top, Lainez, Chicharo, and Alvarado. Yeah, like I said, I mean, Why, uh, I mean, I mean, I personally would have preferred to have Chichado and Inez play in the last one and, uh, and, and go ahead and send them back. But, you know, what do I know? But, uh, yeah, so we'll see how that, so, you know, they, they do that and then they have to fly from, you know, and here's the other thing that that just drives me crazy about about Liga about MX Foot. Okay, I understand how to play these games. Yes, I get that. You understand that most of your players, your good players at the very least, are kind of to play these games. So why on earth can't you schedule these games like in Atlanta or Charlotte or you know Miami? You know, you know somewhere on the East Coast, so these guys don't have to, you know. Fly an additional five hours just to get over to California. That that that's the part that I can't get past. You know why, why play these? I mean, I mean honestly, are you are you really are you really going to open up new markets in San Diego or Santa Clara? You you have San Diego, Santa Clara. You know, so just uh, I, I would prefer that when they have you know this this particular group of Fecha FIFA to, to to play the games on the East Coast so that the European guys. Aren't just wiped out, exhausted by the time they get back because they've done two twenty-hour flights. Yeah, but I mean, I guess it comes down because uh, you know, with some soccer United marketing and also what, also what stadiums are available. You know, because sometimes there's already other events already planned or games or whatnot. So I guess they go with availability, and and I think. Uh, 
ended up having the two games over here. It just worked out that way. It would make more sense the way you say it, though. Yeah, well, you know, they don't ask my opinion. Hold on. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, the, 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 that is the one area I think where, where, where Juan Carlos Osorio I thought actually did really well. And I, and I think we're actually seeing some of that spill over into the Tata Martino regime, whereas in the past, what would happen was they would have these uh, call-ups and everybody fly to Mexico and they'd play at the, at the Centro Andal de Aldo Rendimiento for two or three days and, and they'd fly to San Diego, right? This time, everyone met San Diego and uh, they even practiced in San Diego today before going up to, going up to, uh, to, uh, to Santa Clara. So I, I'm hoping that if, you know, the one thing that Juan Carlos Soria was really good at, was 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 organization and you know t- trying to get the best out of his players from an administrative standpoint. So hopefully that part of the uh, of the Juan Carlos legacy stays in Femex Food and, and, and from what it looks like, it looks like it already it looks like it will. Now Tata Martino did have some pretty strong words for, for the organizers of the, of the uh, they, they odd, and they didn't roll it in until what? Have a walk through on the field because the field wasn't ready to play, and, and he wasn't particularly happy about, about that. Yeah, the team didn't get to practice, uh, and then there was concerns that the field might not be in good shape, but it ended up having. There was indeed uh, when they did. When they eventually did, uh, when the selection did the field inspection, it was good. It was, it was, it was uh, no complaints there anymore. Did, did you, did you do a field no, inspection? No, because we, we, you know, we got there late because Profe, you, you know, Profe, Profe always, you know, very, Profes. very Mexican like that. Yeah. They said 12 and shows up at 2. So yeah. Well, see, that was your first. If you wanted to leave at twelve, you should have told him to show up. At 10. No, well, this it was him when we were talking. He said, "I'm gonna be there at twelve." I was like, "Well, I was gonna suggest the same time." <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. But when, next I used, time. when I was producing the Longhorns in Espanol, and if I knew we had to be at the airport by four, I've always been at my house. You know, instead of saying because I was only twenty minutes from the airport, instead of saying be in my house at three thirty, I would say be in my house at two thirty, knowing that they would show up at three. <laughs> and then they, had, you know, then they were actually, early. and that worked. They never, they never caught on. <laughs> yeah, I need to start doing that. Yeah, that, that, that that's the, uh, that's. I mean, when it comes to Mexicans, honestly, that's the only way. Someone actually did that to me, and, and I showed up on time. <laughs> it's like we're just awkwardly waiting. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Okay, so, uh, so you watch the game. Who are they? Scores some goals. Chucky scores a goal. Jimenez scores a goal. Hector Moreno scores a goal. Everyone's happy. The crowd's happy. Did, 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 did they sing? Did they sing the the, the, the Chucky Los no. White Stripes? Uh, no, no, uh, no. Mexico fans, we don't. We lack creativity. 
on this side of the border. Uh, and, and then, you know, the stadiums have cut on, so they put the Celito Lindo song at the, what, 30 minute mark to cue in fans. Hey, hey, don't forget to sing this. Um, yeah, but you said the press box is, is open air, you know, so it was, it's loud, boisterous crowd. I did, uh, the corner kick chant. Man, right. it was in full force. Did, uh, did some of the funny smells that I smelled at the LA Coliseum, did that kind of waft into the... No, that wasn't, I didn't know. Those weren't there. The more, more family-friendly atmosphere in San Diego. It, indeed it was. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was, it was very loud crowd, but chant-wise, no, not, you know, nothing like that. Now, so the game's over 3-1. Did you go, did you go to Tata's press conference? Actually, we did. We weren't going to go and we ended up, we ended up going to the presser and, uh, the Chile guy, man, he, he, uh, the coach who, Colombian as well. So I guess the Chileans also have that. Just like Mexicans. <laughs> you, you know, they don't see them high up in the pecking order and, they were just going at him, and he didn't look very comfortable. Uh, I think his uh, prof is not here, but he was like, this guy's not going to last, man. I, I can see it already. He's just, you know. Uh, but then Tata came in, and he, you know, he kind of won me over with this. Not not, oh. not that he needed any winning over, but just uh, went over as – uh, in the sense of his way of being. And he was talking about, he wanted to clarify this comment he had made in regards to, uh, Liga MX being more competitive than La Liga. Cause he said that, he had said that, uh, you know, he had said that, uh, before the match and a bunch of people had mm-hmm. criticized him, you know, they thought he was just talking out of his ass or just blowing smoke. And he's like, I want to clarify this. No one asked him. He just said, you know what? I'm going to clarify what I meant by this. And he said how, because you have these teams that are evenly matched, you know, that because they get to play each other often, that he sees that as being very competitive. He's like, you know, you have small teams in Spain, like you have a Granada. They go up against Barcelona. He's like, that's not competitive. You know, you're getting a baile. How how is that competitive? He's like they're basically competing not to be relegated. Right. And I was like, okay, I see the sense that he's making. You know, where? But I mean, yeah. Why? But why, why did he misinterpret that? I mean, that's when we've been saying for years that, that Liga Mekis is is probably one of the most, if not the most, competitive league on the planet. Because of the fact that the teams are so evenly matched, I mean, it doesn't take a. See, I mean, again, and, 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 and that to me is always, you know, any 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 time, any coach or player, whatever it is, makes a comment like, uh, "Well, Liga or, or, you know, or, or European League Y," and people, oh, how dare you? You know, Liga Mexicans is nowhere near. Blah 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 blah. 
And then if they say Liga MX, he says nowhere near Liga, you know, European League Y. How dare you, Liga MX is so much better. So they can never win. They, 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 no one can ever win with, you know, the press and the fans and this and that. Because, you, you, you know, you, you, you can't say anything bad about Liga MX. But then you can't say anything good about Liga MX either. For whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I never thought about it like the way in... Like, I, I did have a similar sim, similar idea. But mm-hmm. I, I just hearing that guy say it, it's like, you know, I was like, yeah, about time. About time. And being that he's, you know, foreigner and, and where he's been... So I mean, he's taken more serious than than when other people have said it. Uh, so I, I really like that. See, he made a very good point, and it's something that you know, right here we've talked about. That just because you go abroad doesn't mean that you're gonna get better just because you're there, you know? Right. And which is like fans. They always, I don't know, I don't know how this happened where a lot of fans just feel that way. They feel that. Oh, just because you got to play against uh, Real or 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 you were there, that like somehow you magically improve. <laughs> I, you know, I don't want to get it confused as saying that how you can't get better, you can't, but it's not. It's not something that's going to happen automatically. It's a long process. So just going there doesn't mean it's going to happen. It just means you have a chance. Add, add improving, but it's not automatic. That's why uh, most often than not, we've seen players leave and then come back, and and sometimes they're not, they're not better than when they came, or or they they need to catch up again just because uh, they lost so much playing time. Right, and you know this is something that you always point out all the time. You know how many. Now again, I know that the, that, that they export a heck of a lot more players than but I mean, there's so many Argentine Brazilians that go over to Europe and don't succeed. Yes, you know, not 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 everyone succeeds in Europe, especially if you're Argentine or Brazilian. I always come back. How many players in Liga that are Argentine or Brazilian or whatever are players that? that I mean, Nico yeah. Castillo. Yes. He was a Chilean. He went to Benfica. It didn't work out. He's back in these. Yeah. Back in Blue America. Yeah. You know, I, you know, no, how come no one is saying that he failed? Yeah, and, you know, it's the truth for a lot of the foreigners in Liga MX. Uh, if you see their career, somewhere down the line, they, they spent at least one season in Europe and then just got sent back. It's, it's pretty tough. It's a really tough market to break into. Uh, and and not making it doesn't mean you suck. <laughs> you know, right. it just means you had, it just means you just, you know, sometimes it's just luck, uh, which is one of the points I wanted to make in regards to Jimenez. Right now he's having, you know, he's at the top of his game. He's at a career high. And a big reason for that is because he has a really good agent in uh, Jorge Mendes. And... Because, you know, when, when, uh, Jimenez was at Atletico, he, he couldn't break into the first team and, and, uh, Cholo just didn't seem to have much trust in him. And he, you know, shipped him off right away as soon as he could. 
And uh, that's why Mendes, he, he, he ended up going to Benfica and he, he, he later took him to Wolves. And, and the big reason he went to Wolves is, is because of, uh, of, of Mendes connection to the club, to the club owners. So he took. Yeah, well, I mean, Wolves might as well. Excuse me? I say wolf in Portuguese. They say wolf in Portuguese because that's basically <laughs> what they are. I mean, the coaches yeah. have to team Portuguese. Have the team. And it's all for Mendes. Uh, so, I mean, that, that played a big role. And so if it wasn't for Mendes, uh, for, for, you know, for Jimenez having that backup of, of this agent that, that, you know, believed in him and knew he had something there and, and using this influence to put him in clubs, <laughs> Jimenez would be at Monterrey right now. He would be at Tigres, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. would we, Absolutely. yeah, and, and people would have said, hey, he sucked because he went abroad and he couldn't hack it. And it's like, yeah, that's not always true, man. Sometimes you're just at the wrong club. The wrong coach, the wrong teammates. There's so many things that could go wrong. Uh, so yeah, it's it's not. Well, but let's not also let's not forget that, that no Raul Raul did fine in Benfica. He 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 played. He he started. He scored goals for them. It was you know, to the point where a Chinese. Yeah, wrong. but China. But but you're saying it right there, Yon. No. It was the Chinese team offering him. He wasn't exactly getting any. Sure, he's aided with that either. <laughs> yeah. And then but you know, I... every since. Well, sure, and they found the world they don't care. They're making single dollars. You know, he was the one that he was the one that that uh, that put the that put the kibosh on deal. Jorge Mendes, it wasn't Benfica. It was, it was, it was Raul Alonso Jimenez. And, and, and that, frankly, is a luxury that he doesn't have, he, he wouldn't have had. If, if I, many, because, the uh, over in, uh, in China. It's like, you gotta go. <laughs> you know? You know, yeah. for the fact that uh, Venice, as you said, was was you know, I bet. Yeah, he was probably at his last chance. You know, as you pointed out, you know, sometimes you just don't jive with the coach, and he yeah. didn't jive with the coach. Yeah, and he was probably at his last chance, as far as like. But he, the point with Chinese one. Yeah, had he not had right. that breakout season. uh we most likely he would have been, they would have been sending him back. He would have been with Tigres right now. Well, not right now, but summer transfer window. <laughs> no, but it, it was good. It, it was good. Uh, it was one of the main reasons I wanted to go to the right. game because I wasn't going to yeah. go. But then I was like, okay, Tata's first, Tata's first match. And I get to see RJ, RJ9. Let me go see what the hype is about. <laughs> and of course, Lightness. Lightness was there too. Lightness. Yeah, Jimenez is a, is a complete forward. He does, the, you know, he does the dirty defensive stuff. He can play the balls there. You know, he plays with both legs. He's a, he's a good header of the ball. 
he, yeah, I mean, he, he, and, and, and he's skilled. He can drift, you know, he crazy pass on the, uh, on the third goal that, you know, Pizarro gets all the credit for making the pass to, uh, to, uh, uh Chucky for the goal, but, but he sprung Pizarro even to, so they could even make the pass. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Jimenez is a, is a really good player. And it's just really important for Mexico. They seem to get all these really good players in their best soccer a year after the World Cup. It's just that. You know, you Giovanni and everybody else, you know, the, you know, we, you know yeah. Imagine if that was in South Africa instead of Chicago, at Soldier Free Coast Army. You know what cases would we would we be having now? So it's just you know the timing has always been a little off. But uh, no, he. Uh, I mean, personally, I think that Jimenez and Chicharito need to be on the field at the same time. Jimenez and Chicharo. Yeah, I mean, I think I think I, think, I mean play a four four two. Oh. Well, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how what Tata's doing right now. I'm guess he's getting a good feel for the squad. Um, I guess the more games, we'll start getting a better picture of of what he of what he wants from the team. Yeah, and then we also have to remember that. Uh... You know, Carlos Vela isn't in this call-up. Uh, Hector Herrera isn't in this call-up. So, so there, you know, there's a few guys that have have some opportunities to to really uh, make a move. And you know, we'll see how. To... The other thing I noticed, uh, Joel, was that was that Tata went back. You know, Osorio had four centrales on his back line. You know, even, even the two guys playing the wing back. And uh, it looks like Tata is going to let. Mexico have wingbacks again, which is which is frankly good because Mexico. If there's one position where Mexico's always had really talented players, it's been at the wingback position. So it's so it's, it's good to see proper wingbacks in the in the, in the formation again. Yeah, I, I really like uh, I like the style that he's, he's trying to implement. Like you said, we've seen it before, and uh, I agree with you. It's something that works. It's worked for Mexico, and. Uh, yeah, I'm glad to see it back. It was, it, we had like, uh, JCO was too much concerned with, with defending set pieces. So he would sacrifice some of the team's attack, you know. Right. And well, you know, it, it worked for him, right? The numbers backed him up. True. And, uh, you know, Mexico didn't give up, but like just a handful of, uh, of set piece goals in the, uh, in, in, in the in the Juan Carlos Osorio era, but at the same time, you know, they, they, they sacrificed a whole bunch of other stuff, and I think that that was one of the uh, the unfortunate uh, one of the unfortunate uh, side effects uh, of the Juan Carlos Osorio era. I mean, like the you know to 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 make your 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 back four the most you know as as vulnerable as it was to me was. Was it was it was just not worth the trade off in my opinion. 
just uh, ju- ju- just not worth the, uh, the the trade-off there. And and one thing that you, that you said about Juan Carlos Osorio that has always stuck with me is that Juan Carlos Osorio was more worried about what the other team was doing and not nearly as worried about what his team was doing. Ah, uh, yes. Yes, I always got that impression, which, uh, like you said, it's it's a big reason uh, I think Mike's failed against Sweden, you know. Right. He had practice and everything, and, and then that game comes and he decides to switch things up. And so I, I felt like that. Instead of playing to the team's strengths, he tried to play to the, you know, to the other team. Yeah, it just, just that whole game was just one gigantic just cluster. It, it, it just it just didn't work. It was it was a big mess. But uh, yeah, well, there, there's always some big coaching error that always catches Mexico. Yeah, and and you know, like what you were talking about one of the most talented, and I think uh, right now this one will be right up there with with the. Uh, 24, 2018 team, the, the 20, um, 2022 squad has the potential to just, you know, to be just as good, um, cause Memo will still be there and you have, uh, you know, we have like Salcedo Montes who got, you know, he's, he's looks to feature again, uh, and then of course Chucky Linus. Very young guys. Edson Alvarez, he's, he's really impressive. I think, uh, I do think these three guys and they're Americanistas, so much as it hurts, it hurts Yon. <laughs> this, I think those three guys are going to be key players going into this next cycle. I could see Linus, Alvarez, and Jimenez just playing a very in, integral role, as well as Memo, who's also Americanista. So he's yeah. going to have a, America heavy, and I was telling uh, telling our friend from the Eagle Eye podcast, he was Ivan ended up ended up uh, after the match hanging out with us. Oh, it so was those uh, Chivas so, Aguila, huh? Because because uh, you know, Profe was very unclear. He just said, "Yeah, Joel and I and some dude are are going to are <laughs> going to Gordon Pierce or something." And I was like, Pro- "Okay, Pro- job, pick up somebody off the street." Profe was starving. And he, yeah, we did, we planned it wrong, Yon, cause we, we should have podcasted, uh, after the match, but Prophet didn't have his, like, ear set. Oh, and then, and then his phone was, like, broken. Oh, my God. <laughs> his phone was weird. He tried to take pictures and it looked like he was putting some underwater effect. Like, if he oh. had some filter to make it look like you were under the sea or something. <laughs> so it was like gonna be tough. So I was like, "Oh man!" <laughs> but yeah, we need we need to plan it better so that uh, we could have been doing it while doing it <laughs> doing the podcast while you know in the mix right there in the in the mixed media zone and just after the match. I mean, I tried like talking. I joined the a chat group through Discourse. And I just couldn't hear anything because of how loud it was. Which, which is our, our next project there, Yon, for that? Cantina. Huh? What, what project is that? 
it's like we would like to do like uh, chats. So during a game, for example, we all join one one like chat room where you could talk. Usually you use uh, the Discourse app and uh you just got to keep the groups not that big because then everyone's talking. <laughs> that's that's probably like the only the only down thing that can be that many people since everyone yeah, starts. Well, I mean, I, yeah, well, here's, here's the message I got from, from, from Brooks. It's headed with, with Jolie and one more dude. <laughs> uh, uh, profit. No, it was Ivan. Ivan from the Eagle Eye. Yeah, and then, then Prophet says, damn, I can't make the Enya. I don't know <laughs> what that means. <laughs> oh, so then man. I said, ask, ask the dude to help you. Oh, he showed me that. I, I didn't know what that was. No, no wonder. I, like, I get it now. I remember seeing that text, and I, I didn't know what you were talking yeah. about. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, because yeah. he said that he had, you know, it, was, it, was, it was Jolie and some dude. Jolie and some dude. Oh, man. Well, well I probably need to, to wrap this up here because I've I've been up since since like 4 o'clock this morning. So long day. A very long day for me. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, you know, we had a, you know, good conversation here. You know, we, we kept it, you know, and you know, you know, one thing I like about the Cantina Mikey's podcast is that we, yes, we'll talk, you know, well, we'll talk soccer. It's what we do. We'll talk to you guys, Mikey's, but, but we want, we want to give our, our listeners kind of a, kind of a, a full experience of, of, of what it is to be a, a media professional in, 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 in attending one of these matches. And, you know, you know, you know, you're giving them the skinny on, you know, you know, sometimes at the SES it is nice to go to these games and, you know, blah, blah, blah. We, we get that. But, you know, we're there for a reason. You know, we're there to work. And, you know, it, it, it's not as glamorous as it sounds. But then, you know, there are a couple of perks that have that, 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 that one gets here and there to, to work these. And I'm, I'm personally, as, as much as I am interested in, in, uh, you know, seeing what happens and following the action and following the action on the field, you know, I also like to get the, you know, you know, you know, you can get the barometer of, you know, what happens in the press box and like the, the little clicks that there are in the press box. You know, that stuff always cracks me up. Like they have like all the, you know, all the, the, the Fox Deportes guys that are, you know, that like, I went to a game in Denver. Uh, I guess it was, uh, in 2017 in the Gold Cup in 2017. And they're just sitting there just being just, just, just these, I mean, they're, they're acting like the quote-unquote cool kids. It was just cracking me up. It's like, you guys are just hilarious. It's like, you know, they, 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 it was so obvious that we're doing it for the attention. I mean, no one else was saying anything except these clowns are just sitting there just, just yucking it up. It's like, you know, it's, 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 it's like, how bad are your ratings, guys? That you guys think you have to do this in the press, by the way. Uh, it just was a, was a very interesting uh, dynamic. And, you know, and, and, and I've seen others where, uh, it's a little, I mean, I, I once sat next to a, a, a journalist. I'm not going to mention names, but, uh, it would, the game hasn't, hadn't even started yet. It hadn't even started yet. And, 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 and the first line he wrote of his first piece that obviously was ever evolving was, the first line he wrote was, 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 fracaso completo de Osorio. Was the <laughs> first line he wrote. This was before the game had even started. So, Are you so sure it wasn't me? No. <laughs> So this no, was, I'm just messing. I'm just messing. Was, you know, you know, his his inclination was, and his hope uh, 
was for for Mexico to just lay a complete egg, which which frankly, uh, sadly, I th- I think is is is, is the hope of ninety five percent of the of, of the of the press, but the Mexican press particularly because I think the American the Mexican American press is uh they're on on the average a little more optimistic, but the Mexican press I mean, they've gotten so cynical that that they would rather Mexico lose so they can bitch about it. Then Mexico win and have and have no idea what to talk about. Yeah, that's that's been the point. The losing and the doing bad. It's it's always seems more ratings, more talking points. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's uh, so so the the, the that to me is a dynamic that I've always found very interesting. Is uh, I mean, just it's. Yeah, just just yeah, it's uh, it's it is what it is. So uh, how how is our boy Weasel? He's he was there, he's working. He was he was very busy. Um, he had to be filming some uh some videos, and then he had to edit. So I mean, we talked, we hung out a bit, uh, but overall, man, not not as much as other times, just because how busy he was. So he was he was editing. Yeah, yeah, he's he's doing some videos uh, oh, for uh, his old, website. So they get the stuff. Yeah, they do a lot of oh, video stuff. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, the Food Mix Nation. They they do a lot of video stuff now, and uh, for the be- for their Twitter and for their Facebook. So they they do a lot of more. I think that's like their strength. Like they'll do like some video. Um, like interviews and whatnot, but but more through video now. Right, because no one because no one reads anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and very few people actually like like reading an article. So that's that's kind of where it's going to now. Either just like podcast, or you're showing a video, and that's. As far as you go, you're not gonna get as many reads. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Very, uh, very unfortunate. Very unfortunate. All right, sir. Well, Joel, always a pleasure to have you uh, have uh, a conversation with you on the Cantina Mekis podcast. Uh, we'll probably do it. Maybe we might even uh, get to do it uh, tomorrow. We'll see how how things work out for us. So we'll see how that works out. But anyway, Hoyt, I will let you go. I know you got to get back to work. I've got to get to bed. So uh, thank you guys very much for joining us here in the Cantina Mekis podcast. Uh, on behalf of Hoyt Aceres, my name is John Jagu. And we will hopefully talk to you guys tomorrow, maybe after the uh, Mexico match against uh, Paraguay. And uh, maybe we'll do something crazy and actually do it. Uh, we might uh, podcast during the match, which... Uh, I think Joel, uh, maybe we'll look into that that discourse thing. Maybe we'll figure out how to how to make that make that make that thing work tomorrow. How do you make this thing work? Anyway, Joel, uh, yes. thanks very much for joining us, and thank you, loyal listener, for joining us here in the Academic Podcast. We'll talk to you next time.